0: Welcome to the Thought Boss Podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm here to show you that all the help you need is already inside of you and that you're far more powerful than you give yourself credit for. I'm glad you're here. Now let's turn you into a Thought Boss. Episode 10, The Power of Being Wrong. So, Hi, guys. I'm excited to do this podcast today because I've been keeping something from you, and it is this awesome feeling. It's the feeling you get when you're willing to be wrong. It feels amazing. And I'm going to tell you today exactly how you can feel it. Even if you think that you don't want to right now, you totally do. So just keep listening. So, I want to tell you, first of all, why coaching is so effective and so necessary. So, eventually, You can learn to self-coach, but it's always so much easier if you have somebody with you who's able to see thoughts that you're thinking and start to pick out what is a circumstance and what is just the mind drama. The thoughts are just the drama part. So the reason coaching is so necessary is that when we're in a situation, we're really emotional, right? And that emotion can cloud our judgment. It makes it so that we can't really see the full picture. Because we always see a situation through whatever lens we're looking through. It's through whatever belief system we have about ourselves or about others. And often our problems will actually just get bigger and worse when we try to talk to friends about them. Because as Jodie Moore would say, they jump in the pool with us. So when we're having like a pity party or we hate something or someone, we're feeling rage or we just want to complain, our friends like to join in with us and they tell us how justified we are and they make sure that we don't feel alone. And sometimes that's totally what we need. And side note, thank goodness for friends who get in the pool with us because that's exactly what we need friends to do. Sometimes we just want to feel mad or awful or distraught And because we need to feel our feelings in order to be able to get through them, friends are awesome at helping us feel those things. They feel it right along with us and it helps us not feel so alone and like things are probably going to be okay and it's totally cool and totally necessary. But sometimes we come to our friends because that's who we always talk to and they keep affirming a story that we've been telling ourselves, but that is not actually useful. It's not a helpful story. And those thoughts are starting to poison us. They're starting to create things that we don't want in our lives. So sometimes when we tell our friends how we're feeling, they're going to tell us we're right and they should. But really, the thing that we need to hear is that we might actually be wrong. So, to prove that we are right, we will tell others our story repeatedly. We'll come up with very logical reasons why we are right. We'll go on forums, we'll read books, we'll talk to strangers, and everywhere we will look for proof that we are right. And everywhere we will find it because the brain is very good at looking for confirming evidence. Everything that a person does or says or doesn't do or doesn't say, that will be put through the lens of what you already believe about them, and then the proof will continue to stack up. So it's this crazy cycle of evidence and then continuing to think the thought, which drives us to look for more evidence and it makes it starts to make it an absolute fact in our minds that that's how we become to believe things so in one situation that i have with somebody that i have a really hard time getting along with and it's getting better i used to be operating from the belief that one this person just didn't like me and two that only one of us was right which was me obviously which meant that the other person was wrong. So a side note that we will come back to is that when we want to be right, which is always because we're human, our brains continue to find evidence for that. And our feelings of frustration or hatred or hurt need to be nourished for some reason. So we almost crave in a way for this offending person to continue to offend us because it continues to add to our story. It continues to prove that we're right so even if they changed we wouldn't be in a place to accept what they were offering because then we wouldn't be justified in our animosity towards them so in order for things to change we would actually need to accept that they changed and eventually would have to feel okay about the way things were going and stop being angry If we want to feel something different, we have to be thinking something different. So let's go back. So I learned about coaching and I thought, oh, this is great. I know so many people in my life who could really use this. And if they use it, then they'll change. And then I can finally feel some relief when I'm around them. You've probably thought a few things like that, right? Because often or always we want to be right and we want to think that everybody else is wrong and that if our circumstances changed, then we would feel better. But if you've been listening long enough, you know that in order to feel better, you have to think better. Trust me, you guys, it never comes from our circumstances. Our thoughts are always creating our feelings. And I know what you're saying because I feel the same way. It's true that our circumstances can influence our thoughts, right? It's really hard sometimes to think loving, happy thoughts around people when they're saying certain words, right? When they're literally saying that they don't like you or they're pointing out the things that they see as flaws. It's a lot harder, right? That's why we think that it's connected to the things that other people are doing because when our spouse comes home and they're like, oh, I love you. Like, it's so nice to see you. Um, You're just, you know, it's so relieving to be around you. And I love coming home to you because of blah, blah, blah. And they tell you all these things. You feel good, but you don't feel good because of the things that they're saying. You feel good because of the thoughts that you're having about the things that they're saying. Okay, I really hope that you guys could not hear the lawn people behind me it's loud if you can't I'm really sorry we're just gonna keep going okay focus on me so I thought that once everybody else got coached then my life would just be awesome and so much easier for me to handle but um, by the time that I got a few months into coaching I realized what everyone eventually realizes and this is why coaching is only effective for you so here's the truth here's what I realized Everyone has the same problem. I have the same problem. You have the same problem. Everyone around you has the same problem. And the problem happens, it occurs when we disconnect ourselves from loving thoughts and we enter into judgmental thoughts and fearful thoughts. And what I mean by that is that all problems between people are centered on the same thing. In this book I was reading called um, Leadership and Self-Deception. Oh, it's an amazing book and it's a quick read. They call it the box. When you enter into a state of judgment and fear, you're seeing everybody from this box that you've placed yourself in. The box is the thing that you enter when you're thinking only of yourself and you're not seeing other people as people but rather as objects or as problems or as annoyances. When you're in the box, you're fooling yourself. You're deceiving yourself. You're looking at yourself as the victim and you're looking at the other person as the problem. So from inside the box, you can't see your own faults or your flaws or your mistakes because you believe that you're right And therefore, all the evidence your brain is collecting is there to justify you. When you're in the box, which by the way, it's fitting that it's a box, right? Because it's something that supposedly keeps us safe. It puts up a wall between us and other people. We think that we need to be safe from other people, from their judgments and their fears and their projections, right? But that's just our primal brain wanting to keep us safe. And there's not really any threat except for negative emotion. So when we're in the box, we believe that what we're doing is logical and then it's reasonable and it's normal and it's completely fair. And we believe that other people should change because they are the cause of our problematic circumstances. So the box is such a tough place to be in because it is. Literally blinds us to the solutions that coaching offers. And this is why you can't start coaching someone who doesn't want to be coached because they have to first realize that they're in the box. Or in other words, they have to be willing to believe that there's something about them that they can't see, that they have a problem and that that's totally okay, but that going to somebody else like a coach is going to help them see that problem, that they can't see it on their own. And a coach is never going to tell you what to tell someone else so that that person will change. They're always going to start by examining you and your thoughts and your feelings and your actions, because your results are directly connected to all the three of those things. Let me say that again. A coach is going to help you examine your thoughts and your feelings And your actions because your results, the things that you're getting in your life, the results are directly connected to your thoughts and feelings and actions. Your results are never based on what somebody else is doing or saying or how they're behaving. So when you start coaching, or when you start with a coach, you realize that you're not there to fix all the people in your life, and you're not gonna get far by trying that. After all. That is what we are already trying to do, right? And how's that working out for you? So the only person that we have any power over at all is ourselves. And luckily, our feelings come from our own thoughts, which gives us the power we need over our lives to feel peaceful and happy and successful. So what is it about being coached that makes it so hard? And what is going to make it easier? First, it is the willingness to be wrong. It is so funny to watch other people being coached. And if you're part of like any sort of coaching program like I went to Be Bold Masters with Jody Moore, um and in that training, the whole room would be watching while somebody gets coached. And when Jody would ask somebody Why are you feeling that way? Or why did you feel that way about your son or daughter or brother or whatever in the situation? They would try so hard to give the evidence of what the other person was doing wrong because they still believed that they were right. And everybody on the outside could see that it was because of the thought that they were thinking about the person because we weren't all full of the emotion. We weren't blinded by the emotion. And Jodi would continue to ask while the rest of the room was trying really hard to hold their tongues. And finally, she would say, it's because of your thought about this person. It's so hard for us on our own. And it's this way for everybody, for every person, for every coach. It's harder on your own because your feelings are caused by your thoughts, but you can't see because your feeling is so strong. We have this compelling desire to be right, and we're not willing at, at the very beginning to believe that maybe there's a chance that we're wrong about this person. So we need to be right because the way that we see things is what makes our world. A paradigm shift is really hard. It means that what you've been believing perhaps for your entire life, is wrong. It means that you've been living your life based on something that's not true. And in that moment, when you're teetering between belief of your old thought and the theory that you might be wrong, things feel a little scary and unsure. And it takes this leap to begin to let go of an old thought and find a new one. So something I want to offer to you is that you can try this. You get to try it out. You get to give it a little trial run, and it's completely risk-free. And this is not something paid. This is just funny. Okay, so here's how you do it. Here's how you try out being wrong without risking you actually being wrong, okay? If you're just nervous about it. So first, you tell yourself that for the next 10 minutes, actually first go away from anybody else. Find a quiet spot. And for the next 10 minutes... You just say, I'm going to pretend that I'm wrong about all this. You bring your problem to this spot and you pretend there's a chance that I'm wrong about this. I'm, I'm legitimately going to believe that it's possible that I was wrong or I am wrong and I'm going to see it from an outside perspective. And just for 10 minutes, you believe that you're wrong. And then you get to go back to however you were seeing it before. But for 10 minutes, these 10 minutes You're going to pretend that you're wrong. And what this exercise does for you is first, it allows you to try something without fully committing to it. I get the cold feet. It makes us uneasy to be wrong. So what that does is it shows you, you can see that it's not dangerous to be wrong. That it's just a feeling. It's an uneasy feeling, but it's just a feeling and just feel it and see what it feels like. And then two, it can also change your world. In a really good way. It changes your world for those 10 minutes and it opens you up to a whole new possibility for your life. Normally, being wrong feels really awful because we resist it. That's the only reason it feels so bad. And we resist being wrong because we think that us being wrong means that we're not lovable or we're not worthy or we don't have enough experience in something. We don't want to be wrong, right? It feels terrible. If you try to resist it, but when you allow yourself to be wrong and you don't attach your value or your worth to whether you're right or wrong, it's actually really freeing. And this is the feeling that I was talking about at the beginning. This is what I do all the time. I'll tell myself when something's going wrong or going the way that I don't want it to go or somebody's doing something that I don't like. I say something like, I could be totally wrong about her. What if I'm totally wrong about this? Or sometimes I'm trying to reach a goal and I have these beliefs that are so set in my mind about what I can and I can't do. And I'll say, oh, what if I'm wrong about that? Maybe I could just be wrong. And then I get so excited. The possibilities for your life just open up. So apply your own thing to this and you'll see how good it feels when you're willing to be wrong. And that it doesn't mean anything about you. You don't make it mean anything about you. That you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or anything. It just means that you're a human and that you were wrong about something. And that's actually really good news. So the key to knowing if you should use this in a situation is asking yourself if being wrong in this situation would serve you. So for instance, if you have like a really difficult boss, maybe You have a really terrible boss who's just like really rude and awful and you hate going to work, but you don't want to quit your job. So you don't see a way out of this, right? You want your job, but you don't like your boss. So you just have to figure out if it can be helpful to be wrong in this situation. What would happen if you were wrong? And ask yourself that question, go through the scenarios and see if being wrong would actually help. So if your opinion of your boss is that he's arrogant and he's patriarchal and he's this terrible people person, how would it help you to be wrong about that? How would it help you to be wrong about believing that he's arrogant? So all of a sudden he's not arrogant, and he's not patriarchal, and he's not a terrible people person. What if you were wrong about that? How would it help to stop believing those things? If in this situation, you took 10 minutes to think about what it would be like to be wrong about him and your brain starts to prove other thoughts, right? Different thoughts, right? Because if he's not arrogant, then your brain's like, wait, he's not arrogant. Oh, and it starts to look for evidence. Oh, remember that one time when he was like talking to the secretary and he was being like super kind and helpful? Oh yeah, that could contribute to the thought that he's not arrogant, right? So you just let your brain work on it for 10 minutes and it starts to find proof for these new thoughts. You will, you start to look for the evidence that he is maybe exactly as he should be as a boss and that maybe he has some really great qualities about him. Maybe you could just gain some understanding or some empathy for him. Being wrong is just questioning your own beliefs and a belief is, is just a thought that you've thought so many times that your brain has turned it into a fact Fact. Kids are loud. Fact. You have to work hard to make money. And fact, bosses are arrogant. You just know those things. They're just completely set. They're facts in your mind, right? But really, they're just thoughts. They're thoughts that you come to believe so strongly because of your experiences in your life. Honestly, most of the time, we don't even realize that we have formed a belief about a person because it has been so deeply woven into our subconscious. So what if you just met your boss at like a regular walk in the park? Like he's just a guy taking his dog for a walk in the park and he stops and like says hi or he smiles at you. Probably have a thought like, oh, that's a nice person. And then you just like keep running, right? So it's your thought that made you feel a certain way and he's not any different of a person. And maybe your boss actually does that. Maybe he walks through the park with his dog and he smiles at people. Maybe he's smiled at one person ever. What if your boss was just the stranger behind you at Starbucks and he bought your coffee one time, or you paid for his coffee and you actually felt like these good feelings towards him, but you didn't know him as your boss. You only see him as your boss. So there's a chance that whatever you've seen in your life about bosses and that role, whatever you've read or watched in movies or television, and especially the things that have been said about bosses by the people you're surrounded with, like your parents or your family or your friends, you're influenced by that. And it starts to form what you believe about a, what a boss is or can be or is most often like. So when you met this human and you automatically labeled him or her with the title of boss, it came with a lot of ideas about what he or she was going to be like. And your brain started looking for evidence that they are that way. Remember the things that we believe about other people, they're still just thoughts. They're completely optional and they're not based so much on facts as they are on just our brain programming. And it's okay for your brain to be programmed like that. You're wired for survival. It's normal. But if you think your boss is causing problems for you, taking a step back and examining your thoughts and questioning them could be exactly the thing you need to start having a better attitude and relationship with him or her. So I have a good story to illustrate this. When I was a freshman in high school, I took a class called Earth Sciences from a teacher named Mr. Gaskins. And if you're listening, Mr. Gaskins, first of all, that's great news because my podcast is reaching more than one person. And that is great to hear. (laughs) So hi, Mr. Gaskins. Okay. Anyway, I took earth sciences from this guy named Mr. Gaskins and his wife also worked at the school. She was really nice, really sweet. She was a guidance counselor. And he also had this daughter that was a junior at the time. So Mr. Gaskins, before I ever went into his class, this is what I knew about him. He was known for being really mean and for giving bad grades when they weren't deserved and for making class miserable for people. So I entered my first day of class knowing that about him. And so literally everything that I saw him do or say or the way that he moved or talked or looked or anything, that started to build up evidence for me in my brain that he was a terrible teacher. It started proving all those things right. I had a terrible relationship with him. It was awful. I left every other day from class crying in frustration from either getting bad grades or... Just something that he said to me, which was not usually rude, but I had a really bad attitude toward him too. And so this class was just awful for me. One day though, his daughter came into class. She was the one who's a junior and his daughter came into class to do some grading for him. And out of the corner of my eye, while I was working, I saw her say hi, like, hi daddy. And she gave him a quick hug and he gave her a little kiss on the head and he smiled at her. And it was so sweet And it was the first time that I had noticed any like humanness in him, any kindness in him. And so after that, I kind of went home and thought about it for a little bit. After realizing that he might be human after all, I decided that I was going to try this experiment. I was going to be as kind and like good and non-teenagery as I could to try to get him to like me. It was silly, but it was kind of fun. So I started smiling at him. I started greeting him in the hallway. I started being polite to him in class. And he seemed to change almost overnight from a teacher that I totally despised to one I genuinely loved. And what I didn't realize at the time was that all I believed about Mr. Gaskins before I even entered his class gave him absolutely no shot in my head, at being liked as a teacher. I didn't realize that I had already chosen to believe all the thoughts that were offered to me by my classmates and those beliefs made my science class miserable. Once I started to entertain the idea that maybe I was wrong about him and maybe there was a nice guy in there after all, I started to prove myself right. I changed the way I thought about him and behave toward him, and he seemed to change too. Now, I don't know if he actually did change toward me. He might have changed a little bit, because likely when a teenager's not giving you attitude and they're being a little friendlier, it's easy to be friendly and nice to them. But he probably didn't change that much. More than anything, my problem was solved because of the way that I chose to see him. It's not usually easy to let go of our pride and try to see what is right in a situation because our brains aren't wired for that. We're just wired to see everything wrong. It keeps us alive. But my experience with my science teacher proved that I wasn't in any danger by not seeing him as a threat. Our brains want to be right more than they want us to feel good. So if we're holding on to ideas that aren't serving us And we're unwilling to be wrong, our brain is happy because we're right and our pride is happy, our ego is happy, but our soul is not happy. Being right doesn't actually serve you in any way. How is being right serving you? How is it helping you? It's absolutely not. So this week, I want to offer to you that you can try out the idea that maybe I'm wrong about this. Try it about your most difficult situation. And just try one thought. Maybe this thought that I'm thinking is wrong. What would happen if I was wrong about this thought? And see how that makes you feel. See if you feel that awesome feeling of being free, of not being attached to to this idea. It feels so good to know that you aren't right about everything and that Things might be totally different than you're currently seeing them. I find it so exciting and I'm so excited for you guys to experience this. If you do, I want you to leave me a note on Instagram or send me an email. Um, on Instagram, I am Coaching, and my email is Nicole at ThoughtBossCoaching.com and don't forget to leave a rating and review because listen guys, this is an awesome podcast and all this stuff that you're learning It would be so easy to just click that five stars or four stars. No, don't click four stars. It's a five-star podcast. I totally believe that. I'm not wrong about it. (laughs) It's a five-star podcast to me, and I've already rated and reviewed it, and I think it's awesome, which is silly, but also my my own opinion is important. Okay, I'm rambling. This was a great podcast. If you guys have anything to say about it or if you think that I'm wrong, hit me up on Instagram. Can't wait to see you there, and I will see you next week. Bye, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. For more help with specific problems, visit ThoughtBossCoaching.com to sign up for a free coaching consultation to see if coaching is right for you. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.